Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 4 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all, sharing expert tips from the best in the burnout field, sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes with my own expertise and some fun research now that I'm a student again, plus sharing actionable steps to help you end burnout starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and you need personalized guidance, you can book a free breakthrough burnout call with me. You'll find the link bit.ly backslash call Kate in the show notes. Also, if you love fried and want to be part of our community, we'd love to have you. Just head over to Facebook and type in fried the burnout podcast discussion and click to join our group. It's a place for continued healing, deeper conversations and connections with people who just get it. And now, for this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to season four of Fried the Burnout Podcast. I can't believe we're four seasons in. That feels impossible to me. I would have never guessed that I would have even been doing this this long and that it would be as exciting and as popular as it is. So thank you to your ears and your brains and your hearts for making space for Fried the Burnout Podcast. I appreciate you. And today I am, I'm always excited to talk to my guests because I have amazing guests. But today I'm talking to someone who I've known for nearly 20 years, which seems kind of crazy. And today, so today we're going to hang out with Carolyn Brown, who is a nutritionist and the co-founder of Indigo Wellness Group. Her co-founder is one of my very closest friends, so it's very exciting. She has worked one-on-one and in group settings with thousands of clients to reach their health, wellness, and weight goals, specializing in helping them, quote unquote, live a healthy life without losing a social life. Carolyn has been featured on the Today Show, Dr. Oz, Fox, Men's Health, CBS News, and many more publications. So if you didn't know, she's done all the things. (laughs) in all the places. And now she is gracing us with her presence here on Fried. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be with you today. I'm so excited. And I've been thinking about this for ages. So I'm, I'm happy to be actually doing it now. And what sparked this, before you get into your burnout story, what sparked this for me and actually asking you at this particular time was that you posted something a while back because you moved from New York City to Boulder and you posted something about how important your environment is. You were back in New York City, you were visiting and you were noticing the changes in energy and kind of how that affected you. And that's why I was like, okay, we need to talk about this because I've had huge environment changes in my life multiple times in various continents. And I know how important this is, but people don't give this enough credit. So I wanted to to spend time on that today. So, but before we dive in totally to that, let's start with your burnout story. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, environment, it's, it's cool to go back to the old life for a second and really recognize how much that transforms you. So my burnout story, um, and it's interesting because at the time, I don't even know that I knew it was a burnout, was that I was in New York for about 12 years and uh, living in the West Village in a 100 square foot apartment uh, with occasional mice and no dishwasher, just to really set the stage, uh, a little walk up, you know, pre-war building and 
friend. Uh, I was at the same private practice. I was working one-on-one -on -one with clients, as you said, and um, in that sort of work dynamic for a decade, I had the same group of friends, you know, it was just like sort of Groundhog Day. And um, I at one point was seeing about 150 clients a month for nutrition and was just like, I was really, I, I could put the words on it that I was burnt out on that. Um, but I didn't realize that it was bigger than that. And so it everything sort of came to a head where my work situation really all of a sudden it, it needed to change. And I, I knew that with every cell of my body uh, that I was ready to sort of move on. And that was, there was no more growth possible for me there. And then I was traveling a little bit. I actually talking about change of environment. I was in Europe for a friend's wedding and was meeting these people who were nomadic and worked, but they, you know, would sometimes be in, um, in like Portugal or they would be in Italy. And it just expanded my mind about what was possible. And I was like, whoa, I think I need to think beyond moving to Brooklyn and starting my own private practice there. <laughs> like that to me was as far as I could think of like from an expansion perspective. And I had this total aha moment following a full-on breakdown. I should definitely was walking through the streets of Rome, hysterically crying, like wondering if anyone had ever been so lost in their whole life. Sort of moment. Everybody is nodding their heads right now. They're like, yes, we've all been that lost. We've all had that moment where I have like yeah. photo. I remember taking a photo to just remember how sad and scared and lost I felt. Yeah. Um, and knowing that I luckily have like my family support but like I hadn't saved any money. All of yeah. my money went to rent and to New York City lifestyle stuff of going to SoulCycle, you know, as many times a week as possible and eating out all the time. So to be honest, even though I had people's support, I didn't have like a financial cushion at all, yeah. uh, which would have made this, you know, all a total no brainer. But there was a lot of fear there about like, how am I going to? you know, whatever I'm going to do next, how am I going to make that happen with like $7,000 in my bank account? Not really like a month, you know, the people say you need to have all your ducks in a row. You need to have like three months of rent, like saved and all those parts of it. And I didn't. And so I knew something had to change and I was yeah on a flight in, in Europe and was like, whoa, I think I need to think bigger than New York. It just like snapped. And then I made a list of all the places I could possibly go, including, you know, Europe, Bali, Australia, <laughs> how far away could I get? Uh, and then it was really uh, Colorado just like jumped off the page for me that it was like Denver felt like really easy home base. Uh, it felt like I knew some people. I had a couple of friends out here, a little bit of family. And yeah, from there, it was just like green lights. It was like, you know, I had to go back home, talk to my former business partner, which was extremely stressful and hard for me um, and really unwind from my life in New York. I couldn't just pick up and leave. There had to be, you know, a, a slow. You had a conscious out. uncoupling with New York City. Conscious uncoupling with New York City. Exactly. Uh, it was a slow. That's a little bit of my personality too, that when I'm done with something, I'm just like ready to move on from it. But I had to stay put in order to leave gracefully, you know, graciously had a ton of clients there. Um, and to, again, make some money too, to, and really save at that point in order to uh, move on to what was next. So again, I couldn't just like pick up and leave or just because I was feeling burnt out on work, as I'm sure so many people who come on here and so many people who are listening can relate to. It's not just, you know, the, the financial piece is a real piece of it that, um, you know, you want to feel safe in order to make the next best decision for yourself. Yeah. So, Safety yeah. is a huge I, yeah. word. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So way. yeah, that's sort of like the, that was like 
the, the burnout days for me, uh, that it was really just like everything sort of coming to a full ending and not knowing at all what to expect that was next. But I just could feel like intuitively, it was the first time I was really purely acting on intuition. Yeah. Uh, it was that like, this is going to be amazing. And at that point, work-wise, I didn't know exactly how it was going to look or feel. I didn't know where I got an, I got an apartment on FaceTime in Denver. <laughs> and the great thing about Denver from New York City is like cost of living is, you know, yeah, people in Colorado are like, it's real expensive. And, and from New York City, it's like, uh, it's a little different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that sort of also gave me the ability to like, take a month, be able to take a month in between yeah. to, to take a beat and like replenish, took a, took a month off social media, which was really important because that is like really intertwined with my job. But like you're seeing, you know, everyone live their best lives, supposedly, yeah. which we could have a whole other conversation, conversation about. about. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was really important for me to just sort of clean slate and get really in tune and like be, you know, meditating every day, journaling and listening to that intuition. But before we get to like the journaling and the meditating and like the mm-hmm. nice, pleasant stuff. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the horrible because yeah. you, you didn't yeah. go from crying on the streets of Rome to moving to Denver. Like there was, there was a lot of ugly in between. So yeah. What yeah, was the I, ugly? I remember, I think even, you know, texting with you a little bit on, on Instagram in between the ugly really was having to have really uncomfortable conversations with my mm-hmm. former business partner telling clients who some were super upset it surprised me that some people were really upset that I was leaving um even if I would eventually be able to like continue my work with them uh people you know especially as a healer as a practitioner people love to know that you're reliable and trustworthy and they could depend on seeing you every other week at the same location even if you feel like you've outgrown that yeah um so I would say yeah the, the main hard stuff was really um, work-related. My family luckily was super supportive and they were very much like, yeah, you need to go. You need to get out of here. Um, luck from a friend perspective, they were actually, interestingly, everyone sort of dispersed around the same time. Yeah. Some of my best friends were leaving the city around the same time. It just felt like that part of life was stagnant. Yeah. And I would say even dating wise, oh my gosh, that was a, another huge one. I just knew that whoever I was meant to meet was not in New York that felt like it had really, I felt like I dated all of New York at that point. Which is kind and of it, funny because now you're dating someone that was living in New York. Right, which is perfect because <laughs> we both experienced it, but it's not, you know, it, it, I think uh, for me, what I found and actually what Caduce, my current boyfriend has said to me is like, men don't move to New York to like meet a partner. They may, they move to sort of like make their careers happen. Yeah. And so now when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, of course I wasn't, I was never going to meet someone there. I was never going to meet him there. Um, and so it's, yeah, but dating for me, I felt like I was just, I would date like all different types of people. It just was never a fit. And it was like Peter Pan syndrome. I would just have the most ridiculous dating stories like people's ex-girlfriends would show up on my dates (laughs) and like hunt them down and or like I've had you know or like I would go on a date with someone and find out they're married or uh, like it was thing after thing that you know they're funny stories and they honestly were funny at the time I like could laugh about it then but at some point I was just like I'm so tired of this yeah um this is not you know like my life isn't expanding or growing or like feeling enriched anymore and it's I knew also it was space related to like, I again had a hundred square foot, you know, probably bigger than that, but like maybe 
300 square foot apartment. It was so yeah. small. I could barely like put my arms out to each side and spin around. Yeah. Um, so that all of a sudden, you know, and nature became so like, I, I was like, I know I need this. It was sort yeah. of a uh, laser focus on yeah and in your last year in New York you were you were getting in a car and leaving frequently you were getting into a, like upstate going on hikes like that was happening a lot during that time yeah yeah I think got for zip car I was getting grabbing a zip car and like a, a Sunday morning throwing my dog in and getting out of there for just a couple of hours um so I think I subconsciously like knew that that was so important but didn't realize from like didn't, you know, to me, it was New York or nowhere. That was where I was, I came Which from. Which is how like, New Yorkers feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I'm like, it's New York or anywhere. It's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's anywhere but New York. So I should say like, how far away can I get from here? You know, I love it. I love the people there, but it's a, it's an energy. It's, it's an energy. It is an energy. Life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So when you were visiting New York, mm -hmm. you'd you moved to Denver, you met someone, your life is shifting. You and Sarah start Indigo Wellness Group. Mm -hmm. There's a lot happening. Yeah. There's a lot of changes. And you do that and you're there and then the pandemic hits. And so you're there. You're like really there because you can't go anywhere. So yeah. you hang out for, you know, over a year. And then you came home for a visit. Yeah. I did. For about two weeks, we yeah. had planned visit. And, uh, it was so interesting. It was like the second I touched down in New York City, you know, at first it's like this vibrational energy that's, you know, it's so energizing. It's so alive. You can find anything you want 24 hours a day. And um, so at first I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we need to start spending every other, you know, every other month here. <laughs> And then the conversation shifted real fast when I woke up the next morning with like crippling anxiety yeah. and like this overwhelming feeling of like, um, just like a constrictedness where I feel pretty expansive now and like, you know, the opposite of space of really feeling yeah. claustrophobic. Um, and so that was just so, it was just a physical response. And I feel like it's also, um, even from a speed perspective, like all of a sudden everyone's walking fast, walking fast, eating fast. Um, everything in on the East Coast and I'm sure some places in the West Coast too happens really fast. And my nerve, it, it affected my nervous system right away, uh, which I was, I was super surprised to, yeah. to feel. I was not expecting it to be such a biological sort of physical reaction. And I want people to take a minute to think about the fact that this happens not only on a city slash state level, but it also happens on a home level. It happens on a room level. It happens in an office level. Now, part of the issue I think with like the going back to work that's happening now is that our, the environments at work were not designed to be good for your nervous system. <laughs> you know, like that's, that was never yeah. part of the conversation. So Marcin and I used to speak about like when we moved to Prague, from Prague, you can drive to Warsaw. It's now it's about a six and a half hour drive. Then it was eight because they were still building highways. But when we moved, it was about an eight hour drive and it was, you know, kind of like three hours to the border and then five hours to Warsaw. And we were living in Prague, which is a much calmer environment than Warsaw, like much calmer environment than Warsaw. It's a city, but it's only 1 million people. It's like not, not really that big, you know, and it's slower pace of life. There's a lot less judgment. There's a lot less aggression. They went through the same wars, but in different ways, there's a, there's a lot of strange historical things that would seem to be the same from the outside, but when you really know the history, really were not. Mm -hmm. And 
we could feel like we would cross the border into Poland and I could see my husband's heart rate go, going up. Wow. Like I could see it happening. Like his face would get red. He would start to be angrier in the car. Like he'd get road rage. And I was like, whoa, we like literally just crossed a border. Like borders wow. are invisible. Like this, there's not even a, there's not even a place to stop because the EU was open borders. It's not like we're driving through a border control. We literally just like crossed over into a different territory. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden shit was different. And we both felt it. And for me, like a huge part of my burnout story was the fact that I was in Warsaw. There are always internal and external factors of burnout. And my internal factors are plenty. I have plenty of plenty of shit that I'm still working on over here, everybody. Just just as an aside, I'm not done over here. (laughs) Just recently I realized that I finished my work day and I wasn't tired. And I was like, oh, I should go do more. And then I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, burnout coach, slow your roll. You don't have to do more. Go sit down, please. So yeah, still things to learn. There's always things to learn, but the external factors also really matter. Mm -hmm. So I want everybody to take a minute to think about how they feel when they're sitting at their desk. Mm. Do you like where you sit? Can you stand? Is it pretty? Does it smell good? Do you have any nice pictures around? Like, let's bring it down to, to, to the smallest but not also forget about the biggest. So you're coming back into New York and you're feeling this vibration. You wake up in the morning, you're high anxiety. Yeah. And you're like, how did I do this for a Yeah, it's like, how did I do this for 12 years? Yeah. Cause I didn't, I honestly didn't really put the pieces together. I just thought I, you know, that phase of life had, um, yeah, it sort of had lived itself out and it was, it was time for what's next. But I think also what was really happening was like my nervous system was completely taxed from, getting on the subway every single day. And I had minutes of this, I had moments of this, like at some point I was like, I can't take the subway anymore. Like I had started taking vias to and from my office uh, in the West Village, from home in the West Village to the Upper West Side, uh, because I couldn't get on the subway anywhere. It was like the sounds were so loud and the smells and the people like, you know, cutting their fingernails on the subway. (laughs) You can always Uh, count on New York for something good. There was a guy playing the flute outside my building yesterday when I went into my my acupuncture office and there's a guy playing the flute and it was really bad. And I was like, I just want to give this guy money to stop. This is all. This is all. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a, that's New York City for you, though. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So yeah, there were like things where I was definitely hitting my peak, but I didn't realize how much it was the environment. And um, you know, I definitely still would like. I was like still able to have fun, but like there were just even the fact that like when I would walk my dog, she's not even allowed on the grass on the West side highway. Like there were things that I was like, I think this is wrong. I think there's something, you know, not right about this for either of us that I can't like be barefoot anywhere. Um, you know, I have a little bit like earth child always in me. That's like, I just want to be like putting my feet in the water. And like, you're not about to do that in the Hudson river. <laughs> you do, you'll unless, come out with an extra toe. Yeah, exactly. Unless you need to get a, you have a tetanus shot lined up after. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I was, I, so going back though, again, like a year and a half later, I felt like I was such a clean slate, yeah. uh, energetically and emotionally and coming from a place where we have endless space and we're like in, you know, on the, uh, foothills and we have trails, you know, three minutes away from us. Yeah. Um, I was, I felt like I was really, yeah, coming in a total clean slate and then my nervous system right away. It was like, eek, like, you know, went up a hundred notches. Well, and it will go back to what it knows, right? Like it knows that when you're in that environment, you're functioning at that level. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. So your nervous system will just go back to, okay, we're functioning at this level. Let's do this. Like we know how to do this. Let's do this. And you're like, Hey, we're not doing that anymore. Totally. And interestingly, it even back out for me after a couple of days, because you get used to living in that frequency. Yeah. Uh, you get used to walking faster. You get used to people not being super friendly to you. Um, yeah. I don't think that's always true. Like with New York, I do think people are friendlier than they, they can be. For, yeah. But like, yeah. you know, I started to just like pick up on that. I, I had rented again, a zip car, which is like my key to life living in New York. And I went to go pick it up. And not only was the zip car not there, there was someone else waiting for it. Mm. And she started yelling at me about how it was her zip, the non-existent zip car was her zip car. And I'm like, <laughs> like neither of us have a zip car right a now, car honey. That doesn't exist, but it makes your blood pressure go up. Those yeah. little experiences all over the place. So yeah. I just, I, that was so crystal clear. And even though it did even out, I was very ready to come back on <laughs> home to, you know, a place where we have a couple of bedrooms and have some space. Um, yeah. And so it, yeah, it absolutely affects your mental health and your overall well being. Fried fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. Yeah. So I want to go back to this idea that you don't really notice it's happening when it's happening. Because a lot of times when I talk to people, when I, when we start like a series of coaching calls or just even a free calls, people are saying, I I just don't really know like how this happened to me. Like I felt like I was handling things for a long, like I was handling things and, and now I can't handle the same things anymore. Like the same sounds are too much. The same amount of work is too much. I can't keep up. I'm not being productive. I can't, you know, everything that used to be fine is too much. And this is so common that I, I want people to stop and focus on that for a second in what you said, like you didn't know it until you left, cleared your slate, and came back and almost got attacked by yourself. Like almost, almost had like a, a nervous system attack of just like, bitch, what are you doing to me? Totally. Right. So you don't always notice because we do, our bodies are designed to become accustomed to our environments. They're supposed to do that because that's how we survive. Yeah. Right. So if you find yourself in this place where you're like, well, this environment didn't used to burn me out, so it shouldn't burn me out now. That's not really the right thinking. Because it doesn't matter if the environment should or shouldn't burn you out. It matters that your nervous system is saying that for whatever reason, whatever this is, these pieces 
they're not okay for you anymore. Does it mean that we have to demonize them? No, there are plenty of people that love New York energy and thrive in it, right? There are plenty of people that love Warsaw energy and thrive in it. It's not that these, it doesn't make the places bad. Sometimes the places are bad. You're in a workplace, it's toxic. Yeah, you get like fluorescent lights on you all day long. Right. Like don't at all honor our circadian rhythm. Yes. Uh, yes. Not so good. But exactly. I think also we do have to keep in mind, like it is, a, you know, to be able to pick up and move somewhere is on some level a privileged thing to of not have connection, not have, you know, I don't have kids. I didn't yeah. have anything like physically, you know, or a, a And you said job. you didn't have a lot in the bank, but that's more in the bank than most Americans have. Totally. Absolutely. Every day. Right. So even um, that didn't, doesn't seem like a lot when you're making a big move, but definitely makes it easier than the average person. And not agree with you more. Yeah, there are elements of this that I know for some people are impossible and they do yeah. have to figure out how to live in a, you know, if they are born and raised in the, in the Bronx or wherever, like, and if sometimes you can't leave where yeah. you are. Um, and so also developing other coping skills, I think, for that, or at least I have people who do live in Brooklyn yeah. Like through and through, never leaving. And I give them homework to like get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get, you know, if they're if they do have access to a car, get up, say, and go for a hike in nature. Right. Um, you know, even get out for a run, go to Coney Island. I don't it doesn't yeah. you know, have to look like yeah, uh, you know, the mountains and, and yeah, mountains. yeah. I think one thing is get out, and I think the other thing is make the environments that you spend the most time in as soft and comfortable and nurturing and nourishing as you possibly can. So I have this like wooden desk. And while I was podcasting, I kept hearing, like I would pick up my mouse and I click something and then I'd put it down and see, you hear that sound, everybody. It was really disturbing. You didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but I used to hear that all the time and it bothered me. And I'm really sensitive to noise on a nervous system level. I'm, I'm a hypersensitive person in general and really sensitive to noise. So that was every time I heard the mouse clack, it was bothering me. And then I stopped and I was like, oh, they make these amazing computer pads that you can just put on your desk. I spent $14 on amazon.com and got this lavender colored little plastic, like, like fake leather looking, you know? Mm-hmm. So I now that's where my keyboard lives. It's where my mouse lives. That's where my mug lives. Things like this really matter. Right. And I, that it's such a good point. It doesn't have to be expensive. It can be a plant. Right. Like it a plant is so like, important. Yeah. And, and on that note, having plants is so good in your environment. It's exactly. great for, uh, you know, even cleaning the air and things like that. Yeah. So when you're thinking about, if you are in a place where you're listening to us and you're like, oh shit, my environment is totally wrong. I need to get out of here. If you have the financial ability and the other sets of privilege that allow you to get out of there and move to someplace new, make a plan, take advantage of it. If that's not your reality, then do everything you can to make sure that everything within the place that you spend the most time is as comforting as it can be. Like if you're getting on your couch every night and you're pulling on a blanket because you like to snuggle and that blanket is scratchy, like please get a soft blanket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that with food too, obviously mm. like nutrition being my background too, of like, you know, get the veggies that like look beautiful or the plates and the yeah. mugs. And that was something really important for me when I started my new fresh life in Denver, I came with, I, I got rid of everything from that New York apartment 
So every single mug or plate I was buying, I wanted to like try to be supporting like a small woman owned business yeah. and also have to be something that like I loved every single time I picked it up. Yeah. Um, so again, it can be a mug if you, you know, are right. a tea or coffee drinker every single morning. Yeah. And if like, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm quick to get rid of these days are mugs that don't feel good when I slip my hand in, (laughs) into the side. (laughs) Totally. Or mugs that you think every single time I, there's, I have these two mugs that are non-matching, but there's one that I always try to give to my boyfriend (laughs) because I'm like, I kind of hate this mug. So like, I really should just get rid of it. it. I don't ever want to use it. Uh, (laughs) But those little things when you're looking at clutter and Mm. um, like that ends up impacting our mental health. And interestingly too, clutter ends up impacting what we eat and how we eat too. So there's research that- Oh, say more on that. Yeah, clutter can make us eat up to 44% more. Um, And it's more likely to, we're more likely to eat the, you know, unhealthy things. When we're whoa, in whoa, whoa. My, my, my brain just exploded <laughs> out of my head. Yeah, it's a big one. So cleaning up your kitchen um, can be so good for making healthier food Clutter can especially. make you, can you say that stat again, yeah. please? Clutter for the people in the back. Eat, clutter can make us eat up to 44% more. So almost like almost, you know, a full one and a half times more. your day yeah. exactly. by the time you finish. Exactly. So really cleaning up your environment. That's something I have all of my nutrition clients try to do too, is just like make their, you know, try to make your kitchen a a little bit of a cleaner Zen environment. And, you know, my kitchen gets messy as anyone, um, but just trying to keep that in the back of your mind. If like you're finding yourself picking up chips or cookies all day, and then you look around and it is chaos, just get organized and leave a bowl of fresh fruit out too. So that, you know, there's a lot of visual cues too of uh, what we see you know, first, we're more likely to reach for. You just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm glad that I could blow your mind because I feel like it's usually the opposite. <laughs> that just blew my mind. I mean, it makes absolute sense. I've just never really mm-hmm. considered well, cl- it. Clutter makes us feel chaotic. And I'm sure you would know a ton yeah. about this or more about this from the burnout side of things. But when it sort of brings up those chaotic feelings, we're just, it's, it's lack of mindfulness really. Mm. And so not being completely aware of what our decisions are. There's a, another burnout coach that focuses on um, PharmDs and she, uh, her, she has a podcast called the burnout doctor podcast. And she's a specialist in, in the Marie Kondo, the Marie method. Mm-hmm. And she talks about that as one of her major points. Like her name is Dr. Jessica Louie. She's wonderful. And she's constantly talking about decluttering. I feel like when you're burnt out, you like, sometimes you don't have the brain to declutter. Like you just, you can't, your brain isn't online and it's really hard to do, but even the small things. One, I mean, we talk on fried all the time. I talk about frying pans, first of all, because the logo, like obviously. And second of all, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed was that I was getting resentful every morning because I eat eggs and vegetable eggs with vegetables almost every day. Mm-hmm. And so I would be frying my vegetables in the morning in my pan, and then I'd throw an egg in there and it would get stuck. And then I'd be annoyed that my egg was stuck. Mm-hmm. And I'd like be trying to like scrape it out. And then I'd be annoyed that I was scraping it out. And then I didn't want to use more oil. And then, I, and now I'm having breakfast and I'm annoyed that I had to scrape out my, like buy a new pan. Yeah. Yeah. Get that always pan from. I got one. <laughs> it's a life changer. It's so, <laughs> I was, that's so interesting because I was using a cast iron skillet for everything. I think similarly. And then I, cause I, and I was just like annoyed that I would have to spend X number of dollars on the always pan. Yeah, me too. And then what's the name of the actual brand? Do you remember? Um, our, our place, our place. 
yeah, yeah. we're giving them free shout outs right now <laughs> free shout out but so worth it yeah it's so worth it. i know i love that pan my only issue with it is that <laughs> exactly i wish it was a little then. bigger i wish it was a little bit bigger yeah because i like to cook totally. like eight meals at a time so that i only have to do it once i'm i'm fine eating leftovers for three days as long as i don't have to cook every day um, i love that yeah yeah, but those are the little things too that prevent and they're you from having pretty. further. They're beautiful. They prevent you from having further burnout to yeah. make it in bulk too, so that yeah. you're not having to cook every day if that's not something that brings you joy. Yeah. So I think like all of those little things that is, you know, almost environmental also. They are, envi- yeah, it, they are environmental. It's massively important. And so, so this is your permission to get a new pan should you want one. Um, and this is your permission to throw out the mug that you're always trying to avoid in the back of your cabinet. If you don't have enough mugs and you always end up using it, please go to TJ Maxx and spend $4.99. Take, pick them all up. Bring a wet wipe with you because COVID still, we're not out of this Delta variant. You know, we have to be careful, <laughs> but bring a wet wipe with you and put your hand and hold every damn mug until you find the one that just makes you feel however it is you want to feel relaxed, cozy, queen-like, whatever you're into. I'm not here to mm-hmm. judge what you need, but do the small things, do the small things. I love it. Yeah. The little things, you know, as big as environment is, it, the little things really add up too. And make they you feel happy when you reach yeah. for, you know, whatever it is. So I think cl- like immediate environment, just as big yeah. as, you know, more macro environment. Absolutely. And I'm going to point out, you guys can't see me, but behind me, there's a bookshelf and on the edge of the bookshelf is my book. And I do that obviously because it, it's good to have my book on video, but I also do that because behind that book is a book cover of this man's face with like extra sets of eyes going down his cheeks. And it's really fucking creepy looking. <laughs> And I kept sitting here and seeing his face and being disturbed by it. So I put my book over it <laughs> to avoid seeing that book That's cover. So brilliant. <laughs> right. So we're talking oh about gosh, like all we these all, things. Yeah. I feel like we all need to go through our whole house and make a, and just make mental notes on the things that are kind of making us a little crazy uh, and do something about them, whether yeah. it's toss it or, you know, move it or whatever. Cause that, yeah, on a daily basis, if like, ugh, we, we had like rugs up here that were just like, chill, you know, just not meant to be there yeah. for a while rolled up and, you know, no one had thought to move them. <laughs> and I'm like, that is low key. But for like three months, that just couldn't drive me crazy. Every day versus right. just Why are we letting up? things drive ourselves, drive, drive us crazy for three months? Like exactly not useful. Exactly. So this is the big environment episode. And I, I keep stopping to remind you to take this into your life because this is a really actionable episode. This is not just listening to us talk about it. This is really, really, really important. So I want you to, to just make a list of two to three things that you can switch out, change, upgrade right now to make your life a little bit better. Maybe you need a pad under, you know, on your desk, under your stuff so that it doesn't clack or to make it prettier. Maybe you really need to wallpaper that one wall. Like maybe you need a can of paint. Maybe you need a new mug. Maybe you need it, whatever it happens to be. 
within your means, within what's available to you, within your possibilities, make that change now because those small changes over time, they really, really add up. Not only are they going to make you eat more, but they're going to make you burn out more, mm-hmm. which matters. It, actually, that's interesting because when I moved here to Boulder, which of course was for the environment, we moved into this really cute little funky house. And it was like, the problem with it, to, in my opinion, was that it was like rainbow colored. So the entire downstairs when you walked in was like these hues of orange, like actual orange, yellow, red. The kitchen was this really dark red that um, it like kept me awake at night. It was so, it was just, it like gave me anxiety. When we first moved in, they left, the, the previous owners left uh, a ton of furniture for us, which was great. They also left some artwork and there were like these huge aliens. Uh, I remember that, like, this. It was, I mean, I posted photos of it on yeah. Instagram because because my boyfriend too was like, maybe we should keep it. It's not so bad. And I'm like, this is terrifying. Um, so yeah, but the the we got rid of that really quickly on like day one of moving here. But then the paint colors weren't really something I felt we could do because we were subletting at first and there wasn't, I didn't know what to do about it. Uh, but it was like really sort of impacting my happiness because mm-hmm. that was what I was seeing every day. And it was like sponge painted orange. We have like a bright green, you know, laundry room. It was like, I mean, my really- whole living room is bright green, but I love it. But it's a, it's a, it's a vibe and you have really yeah. good style. So like, yes, this could be amazing if it was like styled well, but it was like a lot of it was sponge painted like in the eighties. Uh, so it was just, <laughs> you know, not just not making me happy. I don't have to go down the negative, but we finally, when we decided to say, we're like, we'll say if we can repaint and, you know, and they were like, oh, totally. Uh, and the, the house owner was like, for the record, just, you know, I didn't paint it those colors either. <laughs> she knew how bad it was, but it has completely changed my experience of this house to have it, right. you know, it's all pretty much white because uh, we had to go simple since we're, we're renters here. But uh, that that small change has, it, 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 the environment impacts like overall well-being. I'm happy when I walk in now. I'm not, yeah. you know, frustrated at the ugly red walls in the kitchen and I can take yeah. food photos and like, you know, it has like this trickle down effect into. All yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you've been saying, oh, it's not that important. I can deal with it. These are things that we say, oh, it's not that important. I can yeah. deal with it. I can handle it. If you've been handling something or dealing with something, please change it. Yeah. And of course it's not like, a, you know, it's not a life or death thing. Of course. Grateful that, but like, can you paint a wall? Like totally. That yes. is going to make it feel fun or wallpaper or something with that stick on wallpaper. <laughs> exactly. It changes everything. It changes mm-hmm. everything. It's so important. So that was the environment episode, but before we, we have a, a little bit more time and I want to talk about food because that's mm-hmm. your game. And because also I probably need to hire you. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's a separate conversation. Food and clutter. That's one thing, but when we're burnt out and we've talked about this before, our, our gut bacteria gets real messed up because stress fucks with your gut bacteria and your decision-making powers are diminished because the prefrontal cortex in your brain has shrunk. So your brain is shrunk, you're having higher cravings, you're worse at making decisions, and your gut bacteria is not great. So it's sort of like a kind of a really shitty place as far as nutrition is concerned. What are the easiest things we can do to protect ourselves when we're like, when we really like can't do much? Like when we're yeah. really like limited. 
Well, I think of food as medicine, you know, everything you eat becomes every cell in your body. So it can be, you know, it can be healing or it can be potentially exacerbating the issue. And so I think um, my first thought with that is, especially if we're talking about gut bacteria is to just simply try to add one fermented food per day. Mm. And so that, so I really think of addition when you're feeling a little bit paralyzed, like what can we add in? This isn't the time to say like, let's go on a sugar cleanse or anything like that. Uh, but can you throw in some, you know, fermented, um, even like pickles, for example, but some yeah. fermented veggies or miso on, you know, fish or chicken, or can you have a kombucha? Um, so that would be like my starting point of like, can we I, ha- I have a confession. Mm-hmm. I hate kombucha. What? <laughs> I hate it. Okay, so that's not the one for you. I mean, I kind of hate. I hate like some fermented veggies. So. Yeah. I, also, I, listen I, to that. Don't force feed yourself something just because it's healthy. I tried too. I was like, you know, you have those big jugs that you can get mm-hmm. at Whole Foods, and they're like uber organic, low sugar kombucha, mm-hmm. yay! And I was like, I'm just gonna buy a big one. I'm gonna drink it enough until I get used to it. That was my plan. Does it taste really like vinegary to you? Yes, and I hate yeah. vinegar. Okay, there you go. So there goes that, but me, so I can have all day long. So awesome. yeah. So choose the ones that you like. That's such an important part of this too. Of like, don't do things that you hate, you know, just yeah. in the name of health. Um, but on the vinegar note, apple cider vinegar also is really good for gut bacteria. So if you're someone who can throw that even into salad dressing, yeah, I could do that. Um, that sort of thing is great. So that would be a starting point. Also just making sure you're hydrated. Uh, when we're dehydrated, we're just grouchier, especially women. There's lots of research on this that it really affects women's decision-making, ability to focus and mood overall. So um, get a giant water bottle and put it on your desk. A pretty one. Yeah, pretty one. Something that you like. Again, environment. What do you like looking at? Um, So that's another big one. And then make sure you're eating consistently too. So a lot of times anxiety, stress can be really intertwined with blood sugar. So when we're not eating frequently enough, we're maybe skipping breakfast. Hopefully if you're really stressed, you're not trying like intermittent fasting in addition to that, but that, uh, Oh, back up. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Say that really loud and clear that, that statement. Yeah. Please don't try any crazy diets or extreme eating trends while feeling really stressed or burnt out. It adds to your stress levels. So we want to sort of, we want to really be focusing on decreasing stress and many of these things, uh, whether it's, it's funky eating habits, severe intermittent fasting, going keto or doing like HIIT training, doing really intense exercise actually ends up increasing our cortisol, increasing our stress hormones. So, um, sort of doing the opposite of what you might hope to. Is everybody listening? Gentler is better. Gentle, gentle nutrition, slow nutrition. Um, and yeah, so that would be the other thing of just making sure you're eating consistently, eat a real breakfast, a real lunch, a real snack and a real dinner too. Uh, and making sure you're really having something every three to four hours. Our blood sugar loves that. And again, like our blood sugar and our stress hormones, uh, are very intertwined and, and sort of and when we're too hungry, don't even realize it actually oftentimes I see anxiety really spike. Yeah. So I want to talk about this for a second, because so often when I get on the call, when I get on an initial call or start coaching people, they're like, yeah, but I've gained weight and I need to really watch my food right now. And I'm always like, um, how about you just eat an extra fruit and vegetable right now? Mm -hmm. How about we just start there? Because this is not the time. I love that you're saying that. And I am so grateful to reiterate that of like, 
it is not always the time and place to focus on nutrition. I love nutrition. I think it's like medicine. I think it's super, it's, a, it's definitely a wellness puzzle piece. It's not the only puzzle piece. Yeah. And if you can't think and you can't food prep and you can't, then just try to get some berries this mm -hmm. week. You know, like try to eat a berry, please. Yeah, Let, let's some, go, go small. drink some water. Go drink some yeah. water. Like girl, what's, isn't that a title of a book? It's like, girl, wash your face. But yeah, girl, yeah, drink, yeah. Girl, girl, drink, girl some drink some water is our book, future <laughs> book title. <laughs> and that's really, well, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about today is that you do a thing a few times a year called Detox-ish. Mm -hmm. Now, Detox-ish is wonderful. I did it in May. I found it incredibly helpful. And you have another one coming up. And I want you to talk about what it is and, and why the ish. Yes, I love that. So detox ish is just a way to really make food a priority for the week and really clean things up um, and cut any extras. We cut out gluten, sugar, and alcohol. Uh, but the real focus is on what are you adding? It's making, it's having homemade meals. It's uh, food prep for the week and just taking the decision, making away from you for a second on some level, even though it is a week where you're going to be more focused on it. You're, you know, you do have a plan for the week. Uh, it's all real whole foods that are just going to be a hundred percent nourishing. So it's just like, it's meant to be a really take awesome care of yourself week. Uh, you get a ton of recipes, you get daily emails from us, you get group support. We have a great Facebook group. Um, but the ish is really what's important about it. And it's something I work on, you know, all year round with clients, which is that if something goes off track, if you're on a, you know, you're out and about for the day and you forgot your lunch at home and all you have is a Chipotle or something like that. Or if you're, um, if you are out and you know you had a birthday party and you end up having a one, like a glass of wine, uh, that doesn't undo all of your progress and hard work and commitment. It's what you do next. And it's that sort of, um, it's the getting back on track. It's teaching you about resilience uh, more than anything. And, and really, yes, continuing to take great care of yourself the next day, even if you had a slice of pizza uh, on this week's plan, which like, of course, is not the goal. And let's like act with a lot of sort of love and care for our bodies. And again, like just always making the next great decision you possibly can. Yeah. Um, so I think the ish is, is the important part of like, you know, if you end up eating something that you're not super proud of or that wasn't part of the plan, um, not throwing it all out the window. Yeah. And I loved this because it was the first time I've ever done anything. I, I come from a dieting family. You know, my mm -hmm. mom was always dieting. Mm -hmm. And then I ruptured my Achilles and spent a few months in bed, gained a bunch of weight. Two years later, it's still there. And everything that I've ever done around food has been very harsh on rules. Mm -hmm. And this was the first thing that felt to me the same as burnout recovery. It felt mm -hmm. gentle. It felt yeah. kind. It felt like a break, even though it was extra work. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I mean, I, I know, I think in the beginning, maybe I remember hearing from you a little bit that like, it, I don't remember if it was sugar or like having some timing rules. Yeah. And what do you remember exactly what it was um, that felt hard for you? Oh, I, the portion sizes were too not big enough for me. 
Okay. But that is a perfect example also of like taking information, you know, that, you know, is like healthy and serving you and then adapting it for yourself. So we were like, okay, cool. Make the portions bigger. Yeah. (laughs) Easy, easy fix. Like who would have thought, but that also, that was true for some people I know with some of the timing rules Like we do have some timing, you know, um, suggestions with that. That's like a 12 hour eating rule first bite to last bite. So if you start eating at eight, stop eating by eight. And like, if that, if that doesn't work for your body, your body is way wiser than any nutrition expert. Uh, so taking some external information and internal information, same, I mean, so like, that's like the the trend here, but, uh, that's how you can make sort of the most empowered best decisions for your personal being. Yeah. And for me, it was like this, you know, I've, I've seen rules before. And when I see food rules, I feel like I'm supposed to follow. like, I grew up in a household where we had a rule around how many cookies you could eat. Like the serving size was two, you were allowed to have two, you know? So when I see a serving size, I'm like, well, that's it. It really messes with my head. I'm like, well, that's what it says that this is supposed to serve. This is supposed to be four servings, this frittata. Like I just, I, I row for an hour and a half, three times a week in the morning. And I don't eat breakfast before I go. Like I just burned a thousand calories before 7.30 AM. Yeah, I can't eat a quarter of a frittata with vegetables. Like that's not going to cut it. You can't. And I think, and that's, that's such a good point of like, everything should be individualized. And if like we were working one-on-one during that week, you would get that immediate feedback. Yeah. Uh, But that's something that's, but I did get immediate feedback. That's that. I think that's the point. Like I wrote in right away. I said, you guys, listen, this is what's, this is why I love detox session. This is why the Facebook group is so useful because I was like, I'm afraid of this. Like, Mm -hmm. ah, like I, and I knew there would be an answer and I knew what the answer would be, Mm -hmm. but I needed to say the thing out loud. And within, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, we're good at social media around here. So within a couple hours, you were like, just eat more. And I was like, okay, phew. I, you know, yeah. like I needed permission mm-hmm. to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is something about doing a, a group week like that. That's just sort of like, you don't want to be messing it up or anything like that. And like, it's great practice too, for like asking what you need and figuring it out. And then hopefully that serves you down the line too. Like sometimes, you know, I've been thinking today a little bit about, um, you know, outsourcing our power to healers and to nutritionists even and to therapists Mm -hmm. and things like that. And like, sometimes it's great to bounce things off of someone. And at the end of the day, like you, you have to start knowing yourself best and no one else has the answers, which like kind of broke my heart when I found that out, (laughs) when I found out that my therapist was a human or my parents were human. Uh, But I think that that's also, you know, it's, it's so key of like you, you are the one who actually needs to figure it out. You know, there's a great Glennon Doyle quote of like, stop asking um, people for people for direct or stop asking for directions from people who have never been where you're going. Where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also why I talk on the podcast pretty frequently about things that I'm doing wrong right now when it comes to burnout. Why Mm -hmm. I say things like, you know, I was not exhausted at the end of my workday. I was like, well, then it means I have extra energy and I should go do more. Like that just happened. I've been recovered for years, but that just happened to me five minutes ago. Like that was this week. And so I think it's, it's important to know that first of all, we are fallible those of us oh on the healing gosh. side, you know, like totally. we are not perfect. We make mistakes. And I think the the difference that I've found as far as burnout and my response to it and my action toward it is that I'm just not so judgmental anymore mm-hmm. in that area of my life. I haven't figured that out yet about food. I have figured it out around burnout. When I noticed mm-hmm. myself do that, I was like, oh, that's silly. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of it. The story ended. It wasn't a, a four week long like exploration around why my habits are like this and what I need to fix. And what, no, it was just like, oh, I noticed yeah. that. I'm not going to do that. Okay, it's over. Totally. Yeah, I found myself this morning went to Trader. I went to Trader Joe's yesterday and I had this little uh, container of like chocolate covered almonds with like sea salt, but yeah. they're, so, they're so good. And I'm like eating them as I'm making coffee this morning. And I'm like, yeah. I know this isn't serving, you know, my future, but then I move on, have coffee, have a, yeah. you know, I'm it's over doing, doing like some green juice powder stuff. Like I still do all of that stuff. Yeah. Have a normal breakfast, like move on with the day. But I had chocolate um, covered almonds this morning. Get over it. Yeah. Like yeah. they were delicious. I was happy. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> uh, so I think like there becomes less judgment around it. We can yeah. move on faster, but I definitely have those other areas of life, you know, that, and, and even can, can the pendulum can swing for me with nutrition also, yeah. um, where I all of a sudden don't feel so good or I'm like, and I'm like, who am I to be advising people on this right now? Uh, you know, but also like the reality, human. you know, like it's, we're human, we're human. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. We're mm -hmm. humans. That's a beautiful thing. And we deserve beautiful environments. Mm -hmm. Carolyn, you have a detoxish week coming up yes. shortly. Can we get the info on that? And then we will say goodbye to our listeners. Today. Yeah. Our next detox week is um, August 20, uh, oops, I'm going to forget the, forget the exact date on it, uh, but it is going to be a seven day program and it, we'll put the information in the show notes. <laughs> I think it's August 16th, but whatever that Monday so is of that week. Uh, so that is going to be a seven day program. It's going to be incredible. We'll just full up. You'll, you'll get recipes. You'll get a grocery shopping list. You'll get sort of your rules ish. We call them, uh, things we want you to sort of keep in mind, keep in the back of your head and you'll get amazing community, community support. You'll get one one-on-one -on -one, or you'll get emails sent to your inbox every morning with a sort of tip of the day a focus of hey today go uh try to you know drink 100 ounces of water sort of like daily little tips um and we try to keep it super fun and engaging and it's just seven days of taking amazing care of yourself so please please join us we would love to have you be part of our indigo family and um yeah katie i hope you'll be joining us again i will i will i love it i love detox this week it's now like something that i'm waiting for i can't awesome. wait. awesome wow yeah we hear that a lot actually people are like i want to keep this going or continue using the recipes uh, i use the recipe still i had the tempeh bowl the tempeh buddha bowls awesome. all week this week Amazing. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that. so we try to keep it fresh and seasonal and um, really simple too. So we're not like, you know, we don't expect master chefs. Some of the recipes literally took me less than 45 seconds. Ooh, that's great news. <laughs> yeah. The, the blackberry chia pudding. Oh, yeah. Blend, pour, and I made double and I poured it into things and I put it in my fridge and I was like, this is amazing. This is, that's awesome. And that's, yeah. it's also just good reinforcement of like taking good care of yourself doesn't always have to be this huge thing. Um, cooking, meal prepping, any of it, it can be really, really easy. It can be so, easier. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Carolyn, I love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you so much. This is such a, such a blast to chat about. All right, Fred, we're out until next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried The Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan